Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal, and terrifying that go, do- go on in the dark. My name is Tori. My name is Taylor Shea, or also usually known as Tay. And hello. Welcome back. Sorry it's been a little bit. Yeah, we haven't recorded in I think probably like, what, three weeks? Yeah. The be- So right now it is currently July 24th. Mm-hmm. It's a Sunday. I think the last time we recorded was July 3rd, the day before oh July 4th. Yeah. So it was, like, literally three weeks ago, and so yes. I am, like, I feel like I'm, like, out of, like, my practice, like, knowing how to, like, talk and be, like, a person. <laughs> I, I feel like it's just been the craziest three weeks. So, like, it has we've been. had no breaks. We've both, you've, we've both been out of state in mm-hmm. the last three weeks. Yep. We've both had, like, family get-togethers, mm-hmm. baby-related. Yeah. A lot of baby-related yeah. stuff for, like, the past month. Mm-hmm. We've gotten tattooed yesterday. Yep. My poor little noodle has a broken tooth. Yeah, I, I went to I went to a concert. It's we've had like every weekend because normally what we do is I don't know if like you guys are aware. Normally what we do is we record on a Sunday and then I edit and we post on Monday before Fourth of July. I went to New York to visit my fiance and mm-hmm. Tay went to New York to visit. No, you went. No, you no, went. I with, went. Yeah, you I went, went away to upstate PA yeah. area. Yeah, so I was in New York. Mm-hmm. She was in PA, like, in upstate PA, so away from where we live in PA. Oh, yeah, far, um, four hours away. Yeah, and so then we didn't have, we had to record, like, a quick conspiracy episode before then. Mm-hmm. The following weekend, you were working, yeah. and I went to a concert that Sunday night, so we couldn't even record. By the time you got home, I had to leave for the concert. Yeah. Then the next weekend, I was in North Carolina visiting my baby niece for the first time, and you were in New York celebrating your soon to be nephew yes and then this was the first weekend we've actually had time to record yep and even then like i'm going to my parents house after we're done recording so it's like we're yep. very we're like busy like just pushing everything mm-hmm. in and trying to get mm-hmm. it all together so today we're gonna mass record like a bunch of stuff so if yeah. we are not talking about something like new and big mm-hmm. if something in true crime news happens yeah. before all of these episodes get posted mm-hmm. we do care about yes. whatever may- big news may come mm-hmm. but we're just a little bit like yeah far back <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> we're yeah gonna, we're exactly. just gonna keep these and although like we would love to be able to record like the same mm-hmm. week that we post things like that but sometimes that's just really not feasible for us schedule wise yeah. yeah so so we're just gonna have a lot of fun and weirdness today we yes. have three the three cases we have are very like across the board yes. across the spectrum yes. that we're gonna report today. Yes. And I'm so excited to get back into part two of this because yes. I had so many questions in part yes. one and I absolutely am dying to know like Yeah, so if like, you didn't listen to I think it was an episode ago, I think it was the it was JC the JC Dugard part one yes. and then the conspiracy <laughs> theories so <laughs> we skipped a week because we're all away and we didn't have time to record again so now we're back and we're doing um <clears throat> excuse me like uh, the part two of the J.C. Dugard case. And so um, I can kind of just hop in. Yeah, and, you know, Because the, the first part of it, um, Tay had some questions after the episode was over. And I asked her, like, hey, let me know what you want to know. And that way I can, um, you know, write them down and do some more research on them. Because sometimes, you know, when you're researching, you're, ver- you're like, when I research, I have a very linear, surprisingly, a very linear track of thought. So when I'm researching, it's like, uh, okay, so it happened on this day, what happened next year, the next year, the next year, mm-hmm. but I forget to get, like, little details of, like, what's happening in, amidst those years. So it's nice mm-hmm. to have someone else be like, hey, what, like, what happened here? Um, <clears throat> so 
Um, one of the questions that you had was how long it took uh, JC's stepfather, Carl, to report her missing. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the questions that Tay had had to do with, bef- like, right after the kidnapping and then after the rescue of, of, the, of the girls in JC, um, about, like, mm-hmm. documentation, <clears throat> police efforts, all that type of stuff. Because we talked last episode about how police had failed her. Mm-hmm. Um, but surprisingly, so, Car- so what happened was when JC was... Um, kidnapped we said before that we he biked mm-hmm. up the hill to try to get the car but he yes. couldn't he immediately turned around and biked down the hill screaming for his neighbors to call 911 okay. um, and the cops arrived about 50 minutes later um, and this was according to an article I found from 1991 from the mm-hmm. Los Angeles Times um, eventually I believe it was that day or like within the first week of her missing um, <laughs> over 100 other agents ranging from the FBI to state police were at the home wow. and they eventually were able to put her on the, the um, put her missing flyer on TV on America's Most Wanted by contacting the National Missing Children's Neighborhood, uh, sorry, National Missing Children's Center in Washington. You said cops got there 50 minutes Mm -hmm. after? Mm -hmm. That's a really long response Yeah, because as we know last time, the Greedos took her, I want to say it was like over 100 miles away from her home. Mm -hmm. And 50 minutes, that's what? It takes me... Two and a half hours to drive a hundred miles. They're already yeah. halfway there. Exactly. And they were like, it was so gone. they were long gone, and like it takes so long just to even get there to then conduct the interview mm-hmm. to get all the pieces yep. together of what happened. Mm-hmm. So you're buying them at least three hours. Oh yeah, one hundred percent exactly. That also like, what if like you got this call from a family member mm-hmm. saying this wild crazy story and they were actually the murderer? You're giving them so much time to get their shit together mm-hmm. and get things, like, cleaned up or hidden. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's just such bad practice. Yeah. I mean, I was still shocked. Like, even though I think that it should have been quicker, because, you know, a kid being kidnapped should be quicker. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. I feel like, compared to some other cases, it was a quick response time. Mm-hmm. It was also the 90s, too. You know what I mean? So yeah. it isn't, like, as quick as, you, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it still could have been quicker, but I'm also not sure, like, how close their... Um, their house was in relative to the police station. You know what I okay, mean? Okay, that's fair, but... But still, it's yeah, like 50 a... minutes is 50 minutes. Yeah. They set up a tip line, and there were tips coming in all the time, um, but apparently even the uh, whole neighborhood aided in searching the Nevada countryside uh, to no avail. Like, the entire neighborhood searched. Um, I also found that apparently the neighborhood held fundraisers to help fund the search for JC, as well as put up pink ribbons to uh, keep her in their hearts, because pink was her favorite color. Yeah. This actually reminded me a lot of another case I recently actually heard morbid cover where I don't, I don't, I, well, maybe it was poly class. I'm not sure where mm-hmm. they put um, yellow ribbons to signal they had searched their property for her and she wasn't there mm-hmm. and eventually became something that was just used to remember the girl. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what case it was. I want to yeah. say it was poly class or something else, mm-hmm. but the town had used yellow ribbons, like I said, mm-hmm. to be like, we searched for her. She's not here, but eventually they kept them up and I remember, um, the, the the girl's mom ended up saying like it was nice as a reminder because the the girl had blonde hair Aww. and it was like her blonde yeah. hair flowing in the wind that's what they would say about her um, so it kind of reminded me of yeah. that case we also talked last episode about how there were some failed attempts from law enforcement um, and after we had recorded um, you had asked like what the police efforts were for searching for JC while she was mm-hmm. in captivity up until she was freed um, and apparently, like I said, there was a tip line. Tips were always coming in, and they explored every tip. And I even mm-hmm. found a timeline. I didn't really include here, so I'm not sure the details. But they had a tip of, like, a certain house where she might be in. And they, um, they like, raided it, and she wasn't there. So, like, they were... Yeah. Every tip that came in, they were taking seriously, well, thankfully. Good, at least. Yeah. But obviously there was nothing, like, 
they but it was clear that when it comes to like the policing of this case like where she went missing is where all of the efforts were being done right and were being really concentrated in a great way and then unfortunately like the failure from police efforts came where Garrido was living yeah and which is tough though because you know it's hard how could they necessarily know to look for her there exactly however I think like the problems that caused this with him were just a failure on their part in general oh yeah 100% not he's on parole and you're not checking any of these things yeah. like that part is where i think like it's absolutely obvious that this mm. was so against any kind of like good yeah. policy or 100%. That it was just like oh yeah we're overwhelmed and overworked so we're yeah. cutting a really scary corner yeah i feel like it wasn't necessarily the police that dropped the ball i think it was the um probation and parole offices there you like go. The, That's the, the police like yeah. they did as much as they could at the time which mm-hmm. you know you really won't hear me say a lot about a lot of cases yeah um but they did as much as they could at the time considering it was the early 90s um but it was really the probation and parole that really fucked up and they're yeah. the ones who dropped the ball and they're the ones who who are the reason that jc was held for so yeah. fucking long um uh, the another thing that you asked about was mm-hmm. the girls getting documentation like mm-hmm. social security cards, birth certificates, and getting yeah. schooling. Um, last time I mentioned that JC had homeschooled her girls. Um, while she had only had a fifth grade education, she was able to teach the girls so well. By the time that her oldest was fifteen, she had tested at the level of a high school senior, Great. and that was with JC yeah. having like a fifth grade education. Wow. She would just yeah a lot. The, a lot of this had to do with JC learning with the girls. Like mm-hmm. if her if. JC was teaching her daughter algebra. She was also learning it, so she found out what worked and just helped her daughter with that. I think that's, like, what happened. Yeah. Um, and apparently both, now they're both in college. They originally, when they first got out, because I actually ended up listening to her second book on my way down North Carolina, um, apparently the daughters originally had, uh, like, tutors in their homes, like, when they first got rescued, mm-hmm. and then she eventually put them into private, or not private school, public school, because she wanted them to have that yeah. experience. And they eventually were in college, and they're, like, thriving now. And we'll, we'll kind of get into amazing. that at the end. When it comes to their documentation, the girls didn't have anything when they were in the Garrido home, obviously, because it would have led to authorities mm-hmm. being fine out yeah. that them, along with JC, were there. Mm-hmm. However, after the rescue, the, uh, the judge issued the girls delayed birth certificates before the Garrido trial and okay. listed Garrido as their father and their place of birth, place of birth at Garrido's home. Mm-hmm. And um, this not only gave them the documentation they needed, but also... They used it as a means to create a timeline to help convict Garrido for the crimes. That's because awesome. think about it. If you if you <laughs> yeah. have... Jace was kidnapped in 1991. She was 11 mm-hmm. years old. Three years later, she's a child. She's 14. And Garrido is listed as a father on the birth certificate. Yep. He's obviously committed sexual rape against a minor. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... All right. Well, so um, that was some pretty smart, interesting... E- exactly. Yeah. Um, so then now, you know, now the majority of the questions are answered. Let's... I guess we can kind of dive into, like, the real... The real good part of this case, which is JC's rescue. Um, so she talks a lot about it in her book. Um, the first book is called A Stolen Life, a memoir by JC Dugard. The second one's called Freedom, My Book of Firsts. So um, if I'm being quite real, you know, um, they're good books. The first one's better, I think, than the second one. But it, the second one is written in more of about her experiences yeah. since she got freed, not mm-hmm. really about how she's recovering in detail which mm-hmm. is completely her choice you yes. know what i mean mm-hmm. um considering the first book was released not soon after she was rescued it was probably mm-hmm. like a year or two afterwards mm-hmm. um but anyway so like that book the, the second book gave me a lot of detail about like stuff she's done since mm-hmm. like her organization the jace the jace foundation like and a bunch of other stuff mm-hmm. um so so back to her rescue it all starts on august 24th 2009 so mind you she was kidnapped um june 10th of 1991 so it's 
what that's 18 almost just over 18 years later Jeez. yeah um so garrido brings uh the two uh jc's two daughters into san francisco to to go to an fbi office mm-hmm. um he would bring them with him because he thought it would make people listen to him more because flashback to last episode he has these delusions about hearing angels and all this other bullshit yeah. um he went to this office to drop off papers about how he could cure his old sexual deviancy and how he could cure others too um and then the same day he went from the fbi office to the campus of UC Berkeley and talked to two campus police officers, police officers and Lisa Campbell, who was UC Berkeley's special events manager. Um, he was doing this because he was trying to get permission to come onto campus and preach about his religious beliefs. Like, no. you have to get permits to do yeah. that shit. Like, if anyone's ever... Yeah. I know, at least in... what I went to um, Bucks County Community College. Mm-hmm. At least once a semester, we would have those, like, people with those big, like, hellfire signs. Like, all these people on this sign are going to hell. Like, yeah. you technically have to have a permit to go to do that. Okay. Because you can't just come on door, yeah. especially like it's yeah. especially like UC Berkeley, like it's yes. not like a community college. Um, so he was, uh, she was sus- the Lisa Campbell was suspicious of him because she said he seemed erratic and the girls with him seemed uh, submissive and sullen, and um, she also said that they seemed like gray, as if mm-hmm. they don't didn't see a lot of sun, which is true. They didn't yes. see a lot of sun. Um, you look like you have a question. It's so spooky though, mm-hmm. like so. Who wouldn't suspect something horrible going mm-hmm. on when this crazy ass man comes to you and is like, "I want to preach scary hellfire mm-hmm. and that I can li- I can hear angels on your college campus." And be like, "One, why would you think anybody mm-hmm. would ever approve that? Mm-hmm. That's disgusting." Two, who are these children? Who are they? Who, who are they? You can't just have children. You can't have a family when you're doing wackadoo yeah, shit like that. Exactly. No. Yeah, and That's so. Awesome. Um, after they had talked, she asked him to make an appointment to come back the next day. And this dumbass was like, all right, yeah. And she's yeah, like, well, what's, okay. your, what's your name? And she, he goes, Philip Garrido. And gives her, her his real name. Oh, my God. Like, didn't even, like, anyway. There is no brain cells. Oh, none. It, it's like we joke that, like, my cat powder doesn't have like, two brain cells to rub together. Yes. And it's just, like, a monkey, like, uh, symbol toy, the one, that, like, in the Grinch, mm-hmm. but it only has one symbol. He has no symbols. No. It's just knobs literally smacking, smacking together. together. Because how the fuck do you... Okay, like, I'm very happy when s- criminals are stupid, yeah. so then they're able to be caught. But how did he get away... This bumbling idiot, how mm-hmm. did he get away with this for 18 years? Yep. It's like, there. you must have the biggest amount of blinders that could oh, yeah, ever 100%. exist. Yeah. To think... He thinks the angels are protecting him from getting caught. That's what, That's what he thought. Um, so then, because he gave his real name, uh, this allowed an officer to run a background check on him, which popped up that he was on parole, and he ended up having some parole violations that were grounds for his arrest. Um, however, they didn't arrest him until after the second meeting, because they wanted to kind of, like, scope him mm-hmm. out a little more, which, that was good. Um, and I do have to say, the people at UC Berkeley and the police in, were, mm-hmm. were in San Francisco or wherever this happened, um, like, they did a good job of being very sneaky about, like, making sure they would, like not scare him away. Perfect. Um, so the day after the second meeting, the officer who ran the background check, Allie Jacobs, sat in on the meeting. Um, she said that during the meeting, she tried to engage the girls since she thought something was off, um, and they wouldn't really, like, respond to her. They oh. wouldn't, like... She kept on okay. asking their names. She, they just wouldn't really respond because, I mean, they would talk to her, but yeah. not a very surface level. Like, she, they were obviously trained to yes. not talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after this meeting, Jacobs called the parole officer and asked him to check on Garrido. Um, they did and ended up arresting him on the parole violations. Okay. So the violations that uh, were that he was in contact with minors when he wasn't supposed to be, obviously, mm-hmm. and also the fact that he traveled outside of the allowed 25-mile limit 
um, around his home without asking his parole officer's permission because nice. I don't like some people don't know like when you're on parole you some people will say you like you can't leave the state but if you're a, a certain classification you only have a certain radius around your house to go yeah. okay. so with him it was only 25 miles and the uh, San Francisco UC Berkeley mm-hmm. campus campus was more was I think like 45 miles away so he left that oh, okay. that limit without asking his parole officer nice um, so then <clears throat> JC wrote about how she remembered telling Nancy it would be okay because Nancy Kim was like, uh, Philip got arrested, whatever, mm-hmm. um, because Garrido had talked to them about a possible arrest before, because they knew he was in trouble for stuff. They, mm-hmm. they were aware of it. JC yeah. was aware of it. And even her girls were aware that he had done something wrong in the past. They just didn't oh, wow. know what. Okay. Um, and so uh, he would tell, he told them about a possible arrest before, and he would tell them he would use his one phone call to call them and instruct them what to do. So then the girls, JC and Nancy, are waiting and waiting for him to call, and then he just fucking walks in the door with his parole officer. Not only did the officer not question uh, JC and her girls, he just, like, uncuffed Garrido and was like, hey, uh, meet me at the parole office tomorrow to review your case. Are you kidding me? Yep, no. Yep. That he, okay, so you are the parole officer. You know that one of the stipulations is he is not allowed to be around minors. Mm-hmm. You drop him off to a house where you find minors mm-hmm. in there. And you're like, okay, cool, I'll just see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I even wrote, like, he was just fucking released without issue and told to come by the office tomorrow, which was not guaranteed to happen. Like, if he was, if he had more than one brain cell, he'd be like, I need to get the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah. Because why would you, like, you already know that you're going to get arrested. Like, yeah. he's just, he's, this just added to the fuel to his fire of him being like, I can't be caught. Mm-hmm. Which, like, you know. Of course, because you're giving him the out. Like, why mm-hmm. would you respect these rules or think that mm-hmm. you were not gonna exactly and jc wrote that when um he came back in she cried not only because she was angry for his arrest but also for his release because Mm -hmm. she was angry that he was arrested because they they depended on him for everything yeah but then she was also angry that he came back because she didn't want to see him again like she was like i knew like if he came back it would have to hear his bullshit all the time yeah and he didn't really care to seem to he didn't seem to care what happened to them if he got put away in jail he was like i'll let you know what to do with my lawyer and that was pretty much it like yeah, there's so really nothing. if he went to jail, there was no, like, hey, there's money here, do this, mm-hmm. do that. No. Like, it was just like, okay, whatever, I don't, yeah. I don't give a fuck if you all, like, die. Yeah. Well, thankfully, like, JC, like I said before, is was kind of the one who ran the, um, ran the printing, the printing mm-hmm. business, so she was kind of the, 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 the one who did all that anyway, so there would, would have income, but it was yeah. just his direction. They were all at his, yeah. you know, like, at his mercy, essentially, um, so the next day, Garrido made JC get up, address herself, and the girls because they were all going to the parole office, apparently to straighten everything out according to him. So this dumbass was so then like, "So you bring the minors that you are being arrested for being not around. only the minors, but JC as well." And he's so cocky, he's like, "Nothing will happen." Yeah, um, and you bring the girl you stole and the children that you should not be around mm-hmm. or have ever bothered. Yeah. You're bringing the you're bringing your crimes to the office that is supposed yeah. to keep you from doing crimes and being yeah. like it's all a misunderstanding. Yeah. And, and he even prepped JC to say that she was the girl's mother and she knew he was a sex offender and that she was okay with him being around her kids. And oh he instructed God. her to ask for a lawyer if they ask any more questions than that. Which like that's like what? What? Yeah. 
Um, so when they got there, uh, Greedo's parole officer took JC, Nancy, and the girls into a separate room as minors weren't allowed in the waiting area, and they mm-hmm. just decided to separate them. Because obviously by this time, they knew something was a little little fucked. Yeah. Um, she, when they asked her who she was, she gave the name Alyssa, since that's what she had been gone by since her youngest child was mm-hmm. born. The parole officer then gave her his card and let the four, the four of them, meaning her two girls, Nancy and her, mm-hmm. um, go outside and wait in the car. And so when they were in the car, she asked Nancy, like, could I have done anything different? And she was like, yeah. no, you did everything fine. Like, you did everything mm-hmm. that Philip said. Um, so then uh, instead of Garrido coming down the stairs, like, afterwards, yeah. uh, two more parole officers came down. Um, they separated JC from her girls and Nancy and had begun questioning her, mm-hmm. saying that he, the person, like, I don't really agree with how they approached it because they knew mm-hmm. who she was. They kind of yeah. figured something was up with her. They knew she was mm-hmm. a victim, but they didn't know who she was at the time. Um, but it was, I mean, it is what it is. They mm-hmm. eventually, you know, it was originally a guy who was talking to her and he was like, you know, I think you're lying about being this girl's mom. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, Garrido said that like, you're, you and these two girls are his brother's kids. Like, who are you? Like, yeah. did you kidnap these girls? Like you'll go to jail if you kidnap them, shit like that. Um, and then she got really scared because obviously she felt like yeah. you were going to take the girls from her. So she began lying even more than she, than Greedo had quote unquote trained her to. Um, she told them that Greedo was lying to cover for her and she was fleeing an abusive husband and the, and the Greedos had taken her and her girls in. Oh, wow. Which, you know, like thinking on her feet, like she's a very smart woman. Yes. She's very smart. Cause at this mm-hmm. time she was 29. So yeah. she was kidnapped when she was 11. Now she's 29 and had lived her entire childhood, adolescence mm-hmm. and teenage years and adulthood in this backyard with, with her girls. Um, after they questioned JC for a little bit, they mm-hmm. brought her back with her girls and then they eventually separated them again to question her more. Um, and they said if she didn't tell them who she was or who the kids were, they would take her to a police station to have her fingerprinted and they would find out who she was. Um, she wrote that one of the officers thought she took the kids from somewhere and ran away with them. Like it's, in my, like I said before, in my mm-hmm. opinion, it seemed a little invasive and I think they jumped into the bad cop thing a little too quick. Yeah. Um, but then she, uh, JC asked to see Garrido. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that he thought he would have some plan for her to get out of this or to help her. <laughs> Apparently all this fucker could say was for her to get a lawyer and she like, he like looked at her like deadpan and then walked out, was like, yeah. ask for a lawyer and that was it. Um, like, I'm not sticking around. I'll let you almost get arrested mm-hmm. for a crime you never committed. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I was like, she isn't the one who needs a lawyer, lawyer, like she didn't do anything yeah. illegal. No. But then when JC asked for the lawyer, the cops kept asking her why she needed one if she didn't do anything wrong. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think this is the right way to go about it, but I know the cops knew they weren't yeah. arresting her. So mm-hmm. I wish they would have kind of like phrased stuff differently because yeah. they knew they weren't going to arrest her. Um, mm-hmm. If they didn't say things were a certain way, maybe she would have felt more comfortable telling them the truth. Mm-hmm. But it was, and these were all, I believe, male parole officers at this time. Um, okay. So it was a little so bit. None of them have like victim no. in trauma informed no. training. Mm-hmm. So no. they have no idea how much it could have been helpful yeah. to them. And, and like I said, I, I feel like I pointed out a lot, but this was also in, I think it was 2009. Okay. So trauma, yeah. it was still very, um, trauma-informed only recently is becoming a thing. Yes. And even mm-hmm. now in 2022, like, we know from working as victim advocates, like, it's hard to have police officers be trauma-informed yes. just because of the long-standing practice of not being. You know what I yep. mean? Um, so it, eventually, after a while, a female mm-hmm. officer came in and told JC that Garrido had confessed to the kidnapping from years prior. Um, JC wrote in her book that she felt like she was just waiting for the right question to be asked before she admitted to being who she was. Um, she ended up telling the officer she was 11 when she was taken. She was now 29, but she said that she couldn't say her name out loud. She just like, she's like, I can't say it. She goes, but she goes, but I'll write it down for you. And she said that she wrote JC Lee Dugard on a piece of paper. And she said, um, it felt like an evil spell had been broken. 
that first time in 18 years she was able to write her name and they also asked her to write her mom's name and her mom's date of birth i think to confirm it was really yeah. her she did and then once it happened it didn't take long for jc to be reunited with her girls because they realized you know who she yeah. was um they were eventually separated again, but this was just so JC could um, recount her, give her testimony to the police, essentially. Yeah. Um, she told them about everything. She also asked, so a little bit of rewind. That she asked what animals they were caring for in the backyard. Um, they had, uh, remember how I mentioned last episode, when she was younger, she had a lot of kittens that yeah. Brito took away. Mm-hmm. As she got older, they ended up taking care of two neighbor's dogs. They had a bunch of hermit crabs for the girls and also they had a bunch of like stray kittens they were taking care of as well that became like their pets so they asked like hey can we can we get those animals yeah the reason she asked that because her youngest daughter she had heard her youngest daughter in the room next to her Mm -hmm. asking about um her her hermit crabs to the police and jason's like we have to get my girl her hermit crabs yeah um yeah so it was really really cute and so we'll get back we'll get into that like Mm -hmm. we'll get into those Mm -hmm. animals a little bit later like once we talk Mm -hmm. about them now um, so then they then they called JC's mom and sister and told them that she had been found. Apparently, um, her sister her sister was the first one who answered. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the her mom was at work, so her younger sister Shayna, who was nineteen at the time, oh wow, yeah, called or answered the phone, and then she gave them her mom's work number, and her mom had to be convinced it wasn't a prank. Yeah, and then apparently through the phone she could be here screaming like, "Guys, come here! My daughter was found! My daughter was found!" Like was so oh excited. She was at work yeah. when it happened. Yeah. So like yeah, insane. So after that, they didn't talk for much on the phone because they were going to be reunited the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after all the calls and questioning ended, JC and her girls were put into a hotel because they obviously had nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. Um, they were also assigned victims advocates from the FBI to help them with the court process and to handle all the new things that they had to deal with. Yeah. Um, and they were, when I say appointed them, like they stayed in the hotel with them and there were FBI agents wow. at the hotel with them. Like it was, That's... once they were rescued, they did a really good job of protecting them and making sure they were safe and stuff like that. Um, the day after the rescue is when JC and her mom were reunited. Uh, she says that she, like, tossed and turned all night. Her two girls mm-hmm. were in one bed and she was in another. She was, mm-hmm. like, I got, like, five minutes of sleep. She goes, I was nervous, but I was excited. Mm-hmm. And she also said that, like, she was asking questions to herself, like, if her mom would accept her daughters, if her mom, like, hated her for some reason, yeah. or if her mom and Carl were still back, st- still back together, like, still together. Because remember, JC yeah. didn't like Carl. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of Carl, it turns out that uh, JC's mom and him had separated a while back. And apparently, to this day, uh, Carl still hasn't seen JC since he was freed. Since she, sorry, since she was freed. Um, He thinks the reason for not seeing her is that uh, JC's family thinks he still might have had something to do with the abduction or the fact that he didn't do enough to save her. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of what broke up JC's um, mom and his, I think JC's mom's name is Terry, I think. Mm -hmm. Terry and his marriage. um, Because she, like, held a lot of resentment towards him for not doing more to help JC. I also found all this in an article that was like, it was an article all about him that he was like upset he hasn't seen JC. And I was like, I don't know, this yeah. kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like, it's not fucking about that, you. Yeah, you You're don't not, have that right to be It would be, be a different story about, if it, like, he yeah. was a good stepfather to her and she yeah. loved him. She and didn't like him. No. Like, you were terrible to her, so why do you think you earned the right to, like, be exactly. in her space and to force an interaction between mm-hmm. the two of you when you never liked each other? Mm-hmm. Like, JC didn't even like him and even wrote in her book that when she found out her mom and him didn't live together anymore, she was happy because she didn't want to live in her home with him and... You know, honestly, she said she held resentment towards him for trying to separate her and her mom when she was still at home. Yeah. Like, she d- she wasn't happy that he, like, would always, like, be in between mm-hmm. them, um, yeah. even when they were home. The meeting with her mom went lovely. They cried and hugged each mm-hmm. other, and it was just, like, really awesome for them to be back together. Um, and I did want to include a little bit of a, an information that I kind of forgot to add in the last part. 
but I think now's a good time to talk about it. Um, do you remember how in the last part when I was talking about JC getting ready for school, she had that little butterfly ring she put yes. on? Mm-hmm. Remember how Garrido like stripped her, took away yeah. her clothes? He ended up burning those clothes because he wanted no evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, she still had the ring when she got rescued. She was able to hide yeah. it from him for 18 years. Wow. And she had that the entire time she was with him. Um, so she was able to hide it and she was even forced to live naked, but she managed to keep this wrong, this wrong, this ring that her yeah. mom gave her and was like, it was, she's like, it just gave me a lot of hope. That's... Yeah. For 18 years. Oh my God, I could cry. Yeah. And I'm, we're going to include a picture of the ring because it, mm-hmm. it was on one of the uh, ABC documentaries that she was on. Um, but yeah, it was pretty, pretty fucking amazing that she was able to keep it for yeah. 18 fucking years. Well, she's brilliant. She's amazing. She mm-hmm. is absolutely fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, so even though this meeting went well, they still went through something called reuni- reunification therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's essentially a type of therapy that aims in reestablishing relationships between uh, separated family members. Um, it's used often for people who have been kidnapped. Also, mm-hmm. if it's even if it's just somebody who's been like abducted for a week and then brought back, they usually also have reuni- reunification mm-hmm. therapy. But it's also used in foster care, like if a kid goes to foster care and is returned to their birth family, or if, um, you know, if a fa- uh, adoption uh, adoption goes through, used to re- reunify the entire family or unify yeah. the entire family. Yeah. Um, so in JC's case, they went through a practice called transitioning families, where animals played a large part in the therapy, which is not shocking because she's an animal lover. JC and her mom often had sessions with Rebecca Bailey, the founder and director of Transitioning Families, and her horses. Um, JC says this grew her love for horses, but also was probably the best way she could have gone through therapy, especially due to her loving animals as much as she does. Um, there's a lot of information in both of JC's books about the, the reunification therapy, like actual sessions mm-hmm. and like, um, when I say sessions, not details of like what they talked about, but like with the horses, what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was like a lot into it. Like there's a lot of information and I'm not really going to go in too much detail of it because A, you should read her books. Yeah. They're amazing. But also, um, it could be in its own whole own episode about the practices that Rebecca Bailey like does. That's awesome. Um, yeah. But like I said, if you're in, if someone's interested, highly recommend reading her books. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it seemed like it was really good for her now oh, or for, yeah. for then. Um, so, uh, I guess we can kind of talk about the trial. Um, so a lot of transcripts and indictment documents are sealed, I think for, for JC and her daughter's privacy. Cause yeah. one of the things that JC was really clear about when she first like got rescued was mm-hmm. that she wanted her daughters to have privacy. Yeah. And so they actually, not soon after she was rescued, uh, was connected with like a celebrity, um, like her name was Nancy. They called her nanny goat because they, cause, uh, mm-hmm. Nancy didn't want like good Nancy didn't want her name to remind her of bad Nancy. So she was like, give me a nickname. So they called Mm -hmm. her Nanny Goat. Um, And so apparently Nanny Goat was like a, um, I don't want to say not a publicist, but the Mm -hmm. person who like helps them not have Mm -hmm. to deal with the the media. You know what I mean? Um, Okay. So basically like a version of a publicist that their entire job is like to block any kind of like media trauma Mm -hmm. that could happen. I found at first that Garrido and his wife both pleaded not not guilty to the charges Mm -hmm. as we figured. But then uh, the trial for Garrido, was, for Garrido specifically, was suspended due to the judge. What I think it was either the judge or his public defender wanting a psych eval for him to determine if he was competent to stand trial. Because, I mean, well, yeah, he's competent. It's like yeah. he, it's that the difference between it's not you're crazy, you're an asshole. Yeah. So thankfully, he was deemed competent, and so the trial went on. Along the way, both um, they ended up changing their pleas to guilty because um, they got plea deals. Once they did this, they got sentenced. Um, JC actually didn't go to the sentencing, but instead her mom won and raised, read a statement on her behalf, which I think, I think I want to read it. Um, it's a tiny bit lengthy, but I think it, 
I just want to read it because there's so much power in her words, and it was mm-hmm. such a powerful way of saying fuck you to the people she was forced to be captive with. Yeah. So... JC wrote, um, I choose not to be here today because I refuse to waste another second of my life in your presence. I've chosen to have my mom read this for me. Philip Greedo, you are wrong. I could never say that to you before, but I have the freedom now and I'm saying you are a liar and all of your so-called theories are wrong. Everything you've ever done to me has been wrong and someday I hope you can see that. What you and Nancy did was reprehensible. You have always been justified. You have always justified everything to suit yourself, but the reality is, and always has been, that to make someone else suffer for your inability to control yourself, and for you, Nancy, to facilitate his behavior and trick for trick young girls for his pleasure is evil. There is no god in this universe that could that would condone your actions. You called yourself an honest man, but those those are just words to you. They were tools of your choice, and you wielded them with brute force. To you, Philip, I say that I've al- I've always been a thing for your own amusement. I hated every second of every day of eighteen years because of you and the sexual perversion you forced on me. To you, Nancy, I have nothing to say. Both of you can save your apologies and empty words. For all the crimes you have both committed, I hope you have as many sleepless nights as I did. Yes, as I think of all those years, I'm angry because you stole my life and that of my family. Thankfully, I'm doing well now and no longer live in a nightmare. I have wonderful friends and family around me, something you can never take from me again. You do not matter anymore. Oh, my God. Right? It, she... Like, the fact that she's like, you're wrong, your shit is wrong, you were yeah. wrong, like, fuck Every, you. Like... And here is the laundry list of lies that you have told me my mm-hmm. entire time that I've had to be stuck mm-hmm. with you. Everything you are and ever said is bullshit. Yep. You don't own me. Yep, it was literally, like, I read it, I was like, yes, bitch. <sighs> Um, and I think it was really impactful, and the fact that she had her mom read it, too. Yeah. And, the, like, the, the fact that she didn't show up in mm-hmm. in and of itself yeah. and start off by being like, fuck you, like, I'm not going to be here because I don't want to waste another no. minute of my life on you. Um, so not only did JC's mom read her statement, she also read her own, uh, and JC's Aunt Tina also read a statement. So essentially, um, JC's Aunt Tina talked about how um, JC's grandmother, she was, like, the first one mm-hmm. of the first grandchildren, I think it was, or, like, the middle grandchild, but mm-hmm. she was... JC was her grandmother's world. Yeah. She ended up dying of a broken heart not soon after JC oh. uh, was was yeah. kidnapped. Um, and JC's mom was like, "How dare you take my daughter away from me? I hope everything you did to her happens to you." Stuff like mm-hmm. lit into them. It was yeah. awesome. So then, at the end of the sentencing, um, Philip Greedo was sentenced to four hundred and thirty-one years for his crimes, and Nancy was sentenced for thirty-six years to life for her own participation in the crimes. Nice. I think it was really interesting because California has something called a one-strike law. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, uh, so there's also it sounds similar to something called the three strikes law, okay. which essentially means that if a repeat offender commits three felonies, at, at the third one they would be given a mandatory life sentence, and that's yeah. kind of like a you. You fool me once, shame on you. Yes. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me, fool me thrice, like, go fuck yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, the one-strike law essentially allows a harsher sentence to be handed down in the case of sexually violent crimes if an aggravating circumstance is present. So in Nancy's case, um, since mm-hmm. JC was a child, it was child molestation, so mm-hmm. it allowed them to use that, um, to the one-strike law to give her the sentence. Uh, and, okay. like, with side note, like, props to California for having that. That's fucking yes. dope. Because there was also, like, a bunch of other, mm-hmm. um, like, uh, I don't say, like, aggravating circumstances mm-hmm. that were listed, but the one in Nancy's case specifically was the fact that she was a child. Um, so that now the Greedos are in prison, JC's, JC and her girls are living their best fucking mm-hmm. life. Um, apparently, JC's girls have been in relationships and have also gone to college. Mm-hmm. Um, JC herself has said that she's not, you know, not completely, um, what's the word, completely, like, uh, closed off to having a relationship. She would like to one day. But she does, she's like, I have very high standards. She goes, I like fairy tales. She goes, so unless you, like in her book, she like almost writes verbatim, if you can't 
come mm-hmm. and swoop me off my feet in a horse and make me a princess in a mm-hmm. castle, then, like, sorry, you're out of luck. Yeah. So she has very high standards for herself, which is good. Amazing. Um, she loves animals. Um, she has a wonderful home with a barn where she has multiple horses. Um, they were, so back to the animals they had in the farm. Mm-hmm. They were, or the, on the backyard, sorry. They were able to uh, capture four of the cats they had and were able to get them foster homes. And the cats came back with JC and her girls, so they have the cats now. Um, sadly, I think one or two of them died of old age, and one of them recently mm-hmm. passed. One, like the when I say recently, I mean once the second book was released, like around oh, okay. that time. Oh, apparently, she had like gone in thinking it was worms, and it was a stomach tumor. They had to put it down, like, oh. but it like broke her heart. But it was yeah. it was like you know much needed. Um, but they were able to keep them. But they're well cared for. Um, JC also has a dog or two that mm-hmm. are on her book, and she was saying that like her dog is just like her best friend. Won't leave. It's like a bo- a black boxer named. I forget what his name is, but it's a black boxer dog. And she's like, he's my best friend. I love him to death. Like, she has a couple horses. I think she has two or three horses. Um, mm-hmm. JC has taken trips to Ireland and Belize, as well as the Grand Canyon. Um, she has a love for shopping, clothes, and shoes. But she also made sure to say that she loves a good bargain. She <laughs> She's like her mom. She likes to... She, she, the girl loves a good bargain. Um, she seems to be very good friends with Rebecca, her therapist, as well as Rebecca's husband, Charles. Um, they call him Chef Charles because he helps prepare food for the um, transitioning families. Um, she has, um, you know, has more friends as well that she often hangs out with. And JC learned how to drive. Her younger sister actually taught her how to drive um, and, you know, is loving her life and is loving that she can call her daughters her family instead of her mm-hmm. sisters. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and something else that, uh, she also, I think I mentioned earlier, she started a foundation called the Jace Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's J-A-Y-C. She okay. didn't want it to be named the J.C. Dugard Foundation because she wanted a connection to her, but not yeah. too much. Okay. Um, and so the acronym stands for Just Ask Yourself to Care. Mm-hmm. And essentially it's, um, like fundraising and stuff to help families who were going through mm-hmm. what J.C. went through, like give them money, funds, and they've yeah. helped them. Um, I'm not, I didn't do a lot of research on it, but the Turpin family that you're eventually going to yes. cover, mm-hmm. um, they apparently have funds for them, but I'm not sure if they've been able to access them yet, but the J.C. Foundation is trying to help out the Turpin family as oh, well. Um, and so mm-hmm. J.C. is the president of the foundation, mm-hmm. um, and the symbol is a pine cone because that was the last thing that she touched before mm-hmm. she was kidnapped. Mm-hmm. And so they make some of their profits, or it's a, like it's a non-profit, but it, they yeah. make some of their funds to help families out by selling like pine cone necklaces and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And we'll link that yeah. in the show notes. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll include a link to uh, the Jace Foundation website. But, you know, she's doing a lot of good. She's accepted award, awards from, you know, from like the uh, Hope Center stuff in Washington. It was, mm-hmm. you know, it's they've done a lot. She's done a lot for you know, and she's yeah. written two books. She does uh, talks and stuff. Um, and speaking of doing talks, she actually talked at Harvard, Yale, and a couple other ones mm-hmm. about um, Stockholm Syndrome. Mm-hmm. So this is something I didn't include during the case just because I couldn't find a good part to put it in there. But um, she made it very clear that she hates the term Stockholm Syndrome because she mm-hmm. was like, I n- never loved Philip. I never will love Philip or mm-hmm. Garrido. You know, I yeah. would. I did what I had to do to survive. And yeah. telling survivors that they have Stockholm Syndrome is lessening their experience and mm-hmm. discrediting all the work they've done to protect themselves and their possible families yes. while in captivity. Um, she actually mm-hmm. um, ended up partnering with someone, I forget who it was, who helped write an academic paper with her about how Stockholm yeah. Syndrome is damaging to victims and survivors as opposed to aiding them. And obviously some yeah. people are okay with saying Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. JC was like, I never want anyone to say that in, in, in reference to me, ever. Like, ever. She goes, I she goes, I did what I had to do to survive, but I never was... She goes, the reason I didn't tell them my name right away wasn't to protect him. No. It was not to protect him. She goes, it was to, protect, it was to pr- protect me, and I was so brainwashed thinking that 
I would be in trouble if yep. I got my name out there. Yep. Because I was living with my daughters outside, and that's technically not, that's illegal. Yep. You know what I mean? So, um, I just wanted to, like, put that out there, you know, so I she, you know. really important, yeah. though, and that I think absolutely makes sense to want to make that switch and to make that distinct distinction. Because, mm-hmm. like, when I, which you know from still being in the mm-hmm. field, but when I was in the field of, like, training for being a, uh, a victim's advocate, mm-hmm. there's so many trainings that we do all the time about changing the terminology mm-hmm. or, and things like yep. that. Like, I gave a presentation at one point for our, um, for the work, or the place we used to mm-hmm. work for, I did a whole training with our team about changing the language around revenge porn yeah. and about the impact that non-consensual mm-hmm. um like sexual abuse images how that impacts mm-hmm. victims and using those kinds of terminology mm-hmm. and like i completely understand how stockholm syndrome would can mm-hmm. be a very like closed off word yeah. and very demeaning and diminishing of mm-hmm. what her real experience was. exactly which she did so much like you can see like by the fact that she has been able to recover so much mm-hmm. in her life sense is that she absolutely was doing everything she could to protect mm-hmm. herself to protect the kids yep and to really like be the most okay she mm-hmm. could be yeah so she's you know she's living her best life um i didn't really have a lot of i couldn't find a lot of stuff about her now because mm-hmm. it's been what it'll be it was what thir- over 10 years since her rescue mm-hmm. and now that it's not important because obviously we're doing this case now in 2022 mm-hmm. but there's not a lot of interviews about her because mm-hmm. she just kind of is now she just sees herself as a normal person like she just goes yeah, out to eat with her friends hangs out life. with her friends yeah because yeah. now her daughters are her daughter her youngest daughter her older her youngest daughter is my age her mm-hmm. da- youngest daughter was born in 97 and her other daughter was born in 94 so like they're they're in their 20s like jc herself yeah. was born in 80 80 i think it was 1980 mm-hmm. so she's she's i think in her 40s yeah. so like she's just a to everyone around her she's just a normal mom and her her girls they still go to therapy you know mm-hmm. they still help people out um her girls you know they don't they lean on each other a lot for mm-hmm. support because they don't really like to talk to other people about what happened to them because thankfully there wasn't a lot of you know physical or sexual abuse to the girls mm-hmm. there wasn't any mm-hmm. but there's still that lasting trauma of like hearing your dad yeah. scream every day about you know yes. the angels are protecting him you know what i mean exactly. so exactly and like just knowing like what actually happened and having mm-hmm. to live with the weight of what all of this was mm-hmm. so exactly. like i completely understand like for their own sake mm-hmm. of trying their best to like not really have mm-hmm. to talk to other people yeah. about it because it's so complex of a thing for yeah. people to understand yeah and yeah and even like jc like wanting to protect them and not have their names like mm-hmm. you know i'm not gonna lie i did find their names but mm-hmm. i'm not gonna put them on here because jc doesn't want that she wants her girls to have a- a- anonymity and privacy because you know it's funny though because she expected everyone to like recognize her and her girls but more often than not they're like oh are you for part of that family with the 18 kids and sometimes she'll just go with it and be like yeah, yeah sure because she yeah. just she she would rather have people say that to her yeah than like be like, oh, you're the girl who was kidnapped all the time. You know what I mean? Yep. So And bringing up all this trauma mm-hmm. and things like that. But I think, like, she's just so amazing and such an mm-hmm. inspiring person yeah. that everything she went through has really done mm-hmm. so much work, which it is work to be okay. Oh, yeah. Like, trauma work is some of the hardest things yep. to do, mm-hmm. but it is so worth it. And 
it's so much easier to be able to carry around mm-hmm. that load of what yep. drama gives you exactly. as these like really frustrating gifts yeah. sometimes to yeah. have like a happy, healthy, secure mm-hmm. life. And it's awesome, like, all of the help that she had, that all of those helpers, like, did the work that, on their part, Mm -hmm. that needed to be done to lay the foundation for her to Mm -hmm. live such a, like, it makes me so happy to hear, like, her whole world is, like, so much, like, night and day Mm -hmm. different than what she experienced. And that she gets to have the most peaceful life. Yeah, and all her animals and stuff. Yeah, she's just, it's... She's beautiful. Yeah. And and she really is, like, I know I said that, like, last episode that JC was beautiful as a kid. Like, mm-hmm. she is gorgeous as an adult. And she is just, like, her smile just radiates happiness. Like, she is just so pretty and so, you can just see how caring she is and how sweet she is. And we'll, we'll post pictures of um mm-hmm. of her now when, uh, for in the Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. Um, But, yeah, so that's part two of the JC Dugard case. Um, okay. Case is finally wrapped up with the bow. After what mm-hmm. two and a half, almost a month difference, um, but yeah, which we will absolutely be trying to get so much better yes. about not taking so much time in between and things like that. Mm-hmm. But we're definitely still like working out the kinks of all mm-hmm. this new scheduling. Mm-hmm. But we're getting there. Yeah, and like this, this is our fun time yeah. too, and this is our favorite thing to do. So yeah. absolutely, we want to make time for us mm-hmm. to be able to sit down and do this. Exactly. So we will absolutely be like trying to keep like yes. shorter time in between yes and, like, definitely be able to like kind of hang out mm-hmm. with you guys like. yeah it's yeah it's we this is pretty much we were talking before we started the pod like before we recorded <laughs> that this is pretty much the only time we get to have to hang out with each other between mm-hmm. work and stuff so like we want to make sure we make it a priority to do this because it's 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 our, it's our time to hang out and just like talk about like creepy horrifying like murderers kidnappers serial killers educate each other Mm -hmm. on a weird thing that like the two cases that we're going to record after this i had no idea Mm -hmm. anything about so now i get to have my favorite fun time of shouting at people things that i learned that nobody else yeah wanted to necessarily learn until i yelled at them so (laughs) with all that being said if you want to follow us on instagram you can follow us on instagram at figures in the dark you can follow us on Twitter at Figures in the Dark, but Dark spelled D R K. And then you can like us on Facebook. Also at Figures in the Dark. Yes, and then if you want to do any case suggestions, conspiracy theory suggestions, any feedback, you know, mm-hmm. send us an email at, at Figures in the Dark Podcast at gmail.com. And thank you guys for listening, and as always, beware of the figures in the dark. Bye. Bye.